Hello, hello everyone. This is your host, Akil Jabbar, and welcome back to another, another episode of SaaS District. In today's episode, we'll be talking about bootstrapping to $3 million in ARR and embracing outcome-based pricing. Today, we have our guest, Stefan Debois, joining us. Stefan is the CEO and co-founder of Pointer Pro, a software platform to create your own online assessments with auto-generated personalization reports. It also helps you turn your expertise into a tool that delivers personalized advice at scale. So welcome, Stefan. Super excited to have you on the show today. Thank you for having me, Akil. So I would, would love to hear your story. You guys uh, are just over 3 million ARR now. You've done you know, significant uh, growth in the space in the last few years. I would love to hear your story, your background. How did you get into the space? I know you were a, you know, worked in project management, consulting, uh, account management. You, you worked a lot of places from uh, you know, PwC to other places. I'd love to hear how you got into the SaaS space. Yeah, sure. Um, so indeed, I am. I am an engineer as as an educational background. Um, it's already a long time ago, um, and then um, I started my career, in fact, in consulting because um, consulting was for me a like a way to um, uh, to still have it like a choice um, because you are in contact with different clients, different projects, uh, and then um, you can still see what you uh, like and what you don't like um, for. Um, like for the remainder of your career. So that's basically like this variation is why I uh, have chosen for consultancy. So, but then um, I was um, in total uh, 15 years in consultancy. That's maybe a bit longer than initially expected, but okay. I had a great time there, as you say, um, like PwC, uh, CSE, uh, Computer Science Corporation. Um, and I was mainly working on, on big enterprise software projects like uh, SAP and like the ERP enterprise resourcing, uh, resource planning, and um, uh, like systems implementations, in fact. Um, so always um, been working with enterprise software uh, throughout my career, um, first as a consultant. Um, but then, yeah, being an engineer, I wanted to, um, yeah, to create something myself, to create a software product myself, and also, yeah, a company around it. So then in 2012, um, I started like a, a side project first, um, like in parallel with my consulting job. And it was like a quiz app um, where people could make their own quiz and run that on an iPad because it was the first days of the iPad back then. And it was um, like engaging to have a quiz with uh, like pictures and videos and so um, on, on that device. Um, but at first it was like just a hobby project. And then it evolved um, into... Um, yeah, in, into a professional tool. And also um, uh, at that moment, um, I decided also to quit my job and to um, yeah, to work full-time um, for, for that um, new company. So back then, um, we were named uh, Survey Anyplace, or the company was named uh, Survey Anyplace. So from quiz to survey, uh, we did both quizzes and survey. Technically, there's I mean, not so much differences. Um, and then... Um, but yeah, in the survey market, it was kind of difficult because um, there's a lot of competitors. Um, it's kind of a, a commodity product, um, uh, like the uh, survey software, I mean. Uh, and we knew that we had to um, find something else or some something more yeah, specialized or niche um, to um, yeah to go um, faster and, and to really um, have that product market fit, um, and that's. It, it was not like not a magical 
master plan also, which was about trial and error and, and talking to customers a lot. Um, that in 2019, we um, added the personal reports, like with the outcome of the survey, the results of the survey, um, that was used to um, create a personalized report. Um, uh, and the survey is then mostly an assessment. Well, what's in the name, but um, it, it's a questionnaire. And I mean, but if, if there is a report afterwards, then mostly uh, we talk about assessments. Um, so then we have this assessment with this personalized reports all in one tool, which makes us um, made us more unique uh, in in the marketplace. So then the code started to uh, accelerate, um, and then we decided also um, that was last year that we decided survey any place. The survey was still in the name of the company, which was not a good thing um, with the assessments, um, and we were like really more than um, the survey. Um, so then we uh, changed the name to point of call. Uh, more track name, but um, it means, in fact, that we want to point people in the right direction and digitally um, by giving them personalized advice. And that's what is behind the name. Well, the name points are pointing towards the right, the right direction and make sure they're, you know, they're able to get into the digital space and ask people what they, what they need to. Um, so, you know, interesting, you know, you're an engineer as well, kind of like, you know, myself, and I hear a lot of these stories. I love it. Engineer turned entrepreneur. You know, I quit also back in 2014, I believe, or 2015. And you know, haven't looked back since, but um, you know, you made a choice to to finally quit uh, and go full time on this project. We'd love to hear. You know, was there a certain threshold where you said, "Okay, this is the time, this is the right moment"? Um, and then from there, we'd love to hear. Uh, you know, just have you guys raised any capital? Or was that completely bootstrapped at the time from uh, up until now? Yeah, it was completely bootstrapped, and it still is. Um, like um, as a decision from when to leave. Um, your job. Um, I mean, also there, it was, I think, more gut feeling, but um, like qualitatively, I had this other application, which was called Tablet Quiz. Like back then, it was even before um, Survey Any Place, it was the hobby project. But there was already like a website, but the, um, the quiz app itself was not uh, paying. Um, um, but there was a website and I did some promotion and I had, um, besides some like, Customers, um, like, like consumers that want to, to do a quiz about their dog or like something else. I had also, um, a professional uh, companies, um, using it on HR events and, and other things. Um, like, um, some like bigger uh, US telecom companies that used it at HR events. Uh, and then people, um, sending emails that they were very happy with the tool and that they wanted to use it and so. Um, so if more and more of these, um, use cases, um, came, yeah, to, to my knowledge, then at that moment, uh, I decided to, to go all in. Yeah. It was even not, I mean, I had no commitment yet that they were going to pay, but if a large company says that, okay, your tool is, um, of use, I mean, that it's um, useful, um, for them, then the logical consequence is that they want to pay for it. I'm not saying that all the problems are unsolved, but it's already like a good sign. So I would advise also others, um, if you have large companies using your tool, really, and then if uh, yeah, a US telecom company like AT&T uh, uses your tool and it's useful for them, then they don't have a problem to, to pay like 50 or 100 euro per month because at that time, that was a price point. So of course, mm. not. so that's that was the... the 
the turning point for me. Nice. So the validation, you know, sometimes it's, you know, your own internal kind of cash flow situation or financial situation, but sometimes getting signals from you know, larger corporations or businesses, you know, that's the validation you need to take on the full-time leap into it. And, and you took that risk and it looks like it's paid off, right? You have over, you know, 300, three, almost 3 million in ARR uh, with Pointer Pro now. Can you, can you walk us through, you know, what you did? What was, uh, what was your formula? What was your key kind of playbook that worked? And is it possible that, you know, if somebody wants to replicate it today, would it be possible to have that kind of similar success if they were going to start again? Yeah, in the beginning, um, we um, we did a lot of organic uh, content marketing because, um, yeah, the paid marketing was like too expensive for us um, in, in the survey market. Um, it was pretty competitive. So we relied on like uh, SEO, search engine optimization and, and content marketing. And that has paid off, but only after a while. So, um, it's important to, um, to realize that, that it takes time. Um, in the meanwhile, of course, in the beginning, you, I mean, because I had 15 years, uh, expertise, experience. Um, so you have your own network and would certainly recommend to also use that. Of course, it's not, um, scalable, um, infinitely. Um, but for certainly use your own network and use the logos then that, um, hopefully results um, from that. Um, use it to attract new customers from outside your network. Um, like, for example, with content marketing, with SEO, um, and that has paid off. Uh, like, until now, we have still, um, like, half our, of our leads to those channels. Then in 2019, when we started the assessments, then paid advertising became more interesting because assessments are more niche um, markets. And um, the yeah the lifetime value of our customers um, was also um, bigger um, than with um, with the survey customers. Um, so then uh, the uh, Google Ads uh, and then some other channels um, became um, interesting. Uh, so positive uh, return on investment. Um, and so now it's a combination of those two and and yeah with some uh, with some referrals, some other channels also, but it's mostly. Um, uh, inbound marketing and uh, both paid advertising and uh, and organic uh, now. Yeah. Love it. So are, you've grown completely through organic, inbound, uh, and ads. So you haven't done any. You don't have a sales team. You don't have an account executives. You don't have SDRs. Um, you don't yeah, have, a have sales, a, which is oh, you didn't know. We we have a sales team. Yeah, yes, we have a sales yeah. team because it's it's inbound, but it's not touchless. I mean, we okay, have the, 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 the small plan is, yeah, is touch. Yeah. The small plan is product-led or like just self-service, um, but that's yeah. only um, a minor part of, of our revenue. Uh, the larger yeah. plans um, are um, still inbound, like uh, acquisition uh, by yeah. inbound marketing. But at the moment that they that a prospect wants to um, to uh, or in, is interested in, in in buying the plan or knowing more, um, it's a contact sales button, and then the sales delivers a, a demo, and, and then. Uh, Hopefully they are convinced, and then they sign up for the plan. So you you uh, you know you mentioned you, you in, in here your notes you almost ten x your traffic through organic means. Um, can you share maybe a little bit more deeper on you know the technicals of the SEO tactics that worked back then, and you know now with with kind of the AI world, what do you what are you seeing you know working or not working or different in you know twenty twenty three going into the next year twenty twenty four? Yeah. The, um, Organic tactics is mostly um, making 
landing pages specifically for um, your use cases. Like, for example, mm-hmm. for us, um, the different types of assessments, like a maturity assessment, self-assessment, risk assessment, um, make those landing pages not too commercial. Like uh, in Wikipedia-style uh, educational like copy, um, you explain what, for example, a maturity assessment is and, and give some tips on how to create one. Um, and then afterwards, you can, of course, uh, include a call to action or you can um, also um, talk about the advantage of your tool um, specifically for that use case, uh, include an example. Um, yeah, something that I, I'm always saying to my um, marketing team, if, if uh, your boss would tell you to, to create a maturity assessment and, and you uh, have only one page, um, I mean, you, you find one resource uh, on the internet, um, which what would be the ideal resource um, to uh, assist you in creating such a maturity assessment, for example, uh, from scratch? Uh, this is the landing page that you have to write. Um, so um, if you do that, then uh, Google will, um, will will index you. And the ranking, of course, is not... If, if you start, it, it will not come automatically. That would be too naive. Um, of mm-hmm. course, we have already a website with a certain authority, but in the beginning... Um, like link building is important, um, not a spammy link building, but like really um, find um, other companies uh, that want to link to you. But in, in return, you have also to link to them or from your guest blogs, you have to link to them. So guest blogging is also important. So there's a whole system of um, kind of yeah, reinforcing each other um, when it comes to um, content marketing and, and SEO. Um, but with still um, the, um, the end user in mind and uh, staying, making sure that the content stays relevant. So making sure that you don't include links that are have nothing to do with, uh, with the content of the article. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a balance um, um, because we have a group um, of content marketeers and bloggers uh, to exchange links. Um, and yeah, sometimes we refuse um, things that they want to enter a link in our article, which has uh, yeah, nothing to do with it. So then we refuse it. Um, but as, as long as you're still relevant and you collaborate and to to to, to yeah to create good content for the end user um, with links that add value, um, then you can um, yeah then then you have. Both you can serve both um, purposes. Yeah, you can make the best article for the end user and um, have it uh, also linking to the best resources. Um, and in return, you um, you will be linked uh, then also to um, from time to time. And that's a flywheel uh, that has made um, or that has resulted in uh, yeah our increased uh, SEO traffic, as as you say. So the, the whole kind of uh, the strategy. So you're talking about kind of interlinking there. Um, so, you, you know, when, when did you, um, you know, a lot of people say, you know, 1 million, 2 million AR, and then they kind of switch and start playing with uh, paid marketing. And you mentioned you guys started to, to delve into that. When did you uh, make that transition? What would you recommend uh, to anyone listening? And, you know, they've built their company with, with, with organic and now they want to start playing with paid. When do you think is a good time? If, if, it, if the numbers make sense, obviously. Yeah, I think you. If you have already, we did only um, after, um, yeah, after seven years when we started to do the mm-hmm. assessments, because then we had a niche where it was uh, like, a, uh, yeah, specific enough, um, yeah, to make the the paid uh, ads uh, profitable and also our 
annual contract value was was higher then, yeah, which makes it easier to um, uh, to make the paid ads profitable. Um, but we, we tried it before with surveys, but it didn't succeed. So you you always have to try. I would recommend to always try because that's the advantage or with paid advertiser, paid advertising uh, over organic. You you mm-hmm. see uh, results much faster, but you see also when there are no results much faster. Um, so you can yeah. quickly and uh, more quickly iterate. Um, so you should certainly uh, do it. But if you're in a niche market, um, you could um, yeah, it will be more likely to um, um to, to 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 result in in a positive return because if if you are in a in a CRM market or um, an email um, marketing software market, then it will be more difficult. But still, then if you have a niche like yeah, no email marketing for I don't know real estate. Uh, companies, then you can still try those keywords um, and, and make them uh, profitable if you are uh, a unique provider in that uh, space. Yeah, yeah, I don't think uh, you know bidding forty dollars for or forty fifty dollars a click for for email marketing is, is going to be work very long if you're in the space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, you know, I want to switch uh, gears a little bit and understand you know on the, on the consulting side. You know, you worked a lot on on the consulting world, and you know it's very similar in the SaaS space and, and understanding the pricing. Uh, outcome, you know, and, and one thing I always agreed with and what you talk about, which is how the right way to bill and, and set pricing is outcome based, right? You charge people based on results, based on the outcome rather than, you know, sometimes it's time based, right? Can you delve maybe some of the drawbacks of, you know, what you've seen as, you know, time based pricing for consultants and then why would you go, you know, uh, outcome based and why is it more effective? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. With our tool, of course, we uh, automate um, the advisory process uh, for consultants. So when um, automating means making it more efficient so that you can do um, generate more output with less resource, with less people. Um, of course, if you build and time and material, like building by the hour or by the, the day, um, and you make um, you make it more efficient thanks to digital tools like, like ours or others, um, then there's results will be that you will build less impact because um, and that's not not the intent of course um, we want to, to have more revenue in general um, so therefore we say you have to switch first um, from time material to fixed uh, price and a fixed outcome uh, as a consultant or a professional service provider um, and let's say it's not like black and white um, in general, when we used to be in consulting, um, our, we, we preached um, that whenever a project is new and you don't have a lot of expertise in the area and you um, and there is a higher risk, then you go for time and material. Um, whenever you have uh, acquired expertise, you have done lots of projects in a certain area. Um, it's always the same system, the same methods. Um, then you go for a fixed price because then there's uh, more like uh, ways to um, to make it more efficient for you and then fixed price will lead to increased uh, profitability. Yeah, so, but in general, um, of course, when you have less expertise and you do everybody, uh, sorry, everything for everybody as a consultant, like if you start, I mean, you're experimenting also um, to, to see which is your best customer and what kind of service you can offer. Um, then time material is perfectly okay. But as you evolve as a consultant, 
there will be um, like first step of specialization. You will focus on a, a number of service offerings. Um, and then the next step is for each of these service offerings, um, go to, um, to time, uh, from time material to fixed price. Um, because then, yeah, it, it's, it becomes more like a productized offering, many advantages like, um, more profitability, but then afterwards also you can, yeah, beginning to think more seriously about digitization, making things more efficient. And if you do that, that will lead, um, to, um, to increase profitability and, and not just to revenue loss, like with the time and material um, model. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, you're, you're giving them the result, you know, no matter how long it takes, because you've now processed it, you've systemized it, you have a, a good process to be able to do it faster than maybe if you were to do it, um, you know, starting from scratch and taking your time to do it, right? But once you have it, you're saying kind of repeatable, repeatable yeah, yeah, process, yeah. then it probably kind of makes it easier to, uh, Switch to results based. It kind of becomes win-win, right? Exactly. It's it's of course it's more difficult um, at the start because yeah, the only advantage of time material is that it's an easy model. Uh, you just agree a price with the customer, and at the end of the week or the month, uh, you count your hours or days, and then you just multiply it by by the rate. So it's very easy. Um, but the advantage of fixed price is that you um, you are forced to think about the value that you deliver and the value will in most cases not be proportional or it will not be linearly proportional with the time that you spend. Um, so, um, and that's interesting to think about how you deliver value to, to the customer and then define the outcome, which contains the value, uh, could be the outcome, could be deliverable, could be also a series of workshops or like, but then, and the, Go in discussion with the customer whether, yeah, what the price could be for that, um, for that kind of deliverable or outcome. Um, and then maybe the customer will find too expensive or, but then uh, at least you have some input. You can fine tune the price and, and also the product offering. And then you come to a, yeah, um, a fully productized service where, um, I mean, as I say, um, there's more possibility to, um, um, yeah, to to um, to optimize it, to make it more efficient, and to um, to earn more money. Uh, just last question on that, you know, how, you know, as a working with as a consultant, working with consultant, for example, you know, AT and T comes to you says they solve this problem. You know, we have this consultant comes to you says if we're you know the report the way we're managing our reporting and our assessments and our our data, it's uh, it's taking me five hours a week right now to do manually, right? And then you come in and say, okay, we've got this tool. It's going to take you from five hours down to an hour. And it's only going to cost, like, do you say I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, charge you $29 a month for this tool? This is the, this is the, the, the thing. Or, um, you know, that's, you know, I'm saving you four hours. Your, your time is worth $100 an hour. Um, and in a month, that's, you know, what's that? 12, uh, four, eight, that's $1,600 a month right now. Or right now you're saying, I'm going to base it off of that $1,600. Um, and what is that? Am I charging you $800 a month? So I'm going to save you half, half your, your time and money so you can work on other things. I'm, I'm just thinking how you, you like to look at that and maybe for other people to think about is it $20 a month, $29 a month? Is it $800 a month or is it the full 1600 that you're trying to translate your value and service to? Yeah, mostly, um, yeah, our tool, I mean, is only a part of the puzzle, of course, but our tool, um, lets consultants put their expertise in an assessment. Um, and then the tool will deliver, um, 
automatic advice, een automatic advice report, based on what the customer has responded to the questions in, in the assessment. Um, mm. An advice report that could be, I mean, normally you could, you should not be seeing a difference whether a consultant has uh, written that advice report or it's generated by the tool. Um, so of course, um, then you, um, if you multiply what the consultant normally costs in per hour per day, um, and then you can easily um, yeah, calculate what the tool uh, saves you in terms of, of money. Of course, the more assessments you make, um, the more it will um, save you if you only uh, create one customer report every two months, um, then it's not uh, not worth it. But it's, when it's very repetitive and, and when the, the advice is given based on the same model, the same system, um, oftentimes, um, like for example, an employee um, engagement or an employee wellness assessment that I mean, consultants do uh, for thousands of employees at, 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 at their clients, um, and each time it has to produce an, an individual assessment report um, for the employee, um, yeah, then of course um, the tool uh, saves a lot of, of, of time and effort. And then those projects are typically sold, um, not by the hour. Um, that is um, worked uh, by the consultant, but is uh, sold like, for example, per assessment taken or just as a, as a yeah, generic fixed price or whatever, but not by the hour. Mm, got it. So you kind of blend it all. Love it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you guys, this is fantastic. I'm just looking at, you know, you have the different use cases, different features for different assessments. You know, we're, we're even, you know, we, we create reports all the time. You know, we look at risk when we do investments, you know, we have our assessment tool. Uh, but, you know, obviously we recommendation and our, how we create reports for, for investors to, to our team. Um, it's all done, you know, internally possible, but I can see, you know, how a tool like this would, you know, automate a lot of that or help save a lot of time. So I definitely see the value. Yeah, for a business uh, assessment, we have, uh, we have use cases in there also, like that the business is, uh, like uh, evaluated and, and for example, the business exit readiness, for example. Oh. Um, and we will not uh, like replace all the con, everything that the consultant knows, of course, but like mm-hmm. oftentimes the basics. Um, what are the top things that you have to look at um, when you sell your business? Um, this can be perfectly done by asking some questions and, and giving some really targeted advice. And then you could still say to, um, like for, for example, prospects that um, are in your funnel. Um, so you take first this assessment and then you go, uh, if, if the, for example, the scoring is, is less than like two out of five, then you go back and you work on the, uh, advice that was given in the assessment and you come back one one year later when when you are uh, further in, in in the maturity level um and otherwise when when they are like ready um to be uh, to be exited um you put a consultant or sales or like uh, whoever uh, at your company is responsible you put it on on the customer absolutely yeah that makes sense right i mean this is stuff that are kind of maybe just more time consuming and, and creating the content and presentation of the of the reports but when it comes to the knowledge and the actual you know the recommendations or understanding the market you know that's where the real value from the consultant you know bigger value comes right yeah, um, yeah 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 absolutely yeah i love it stefan uh lo- this has been great um would love to shift gears go into the the rapid fire questions are, are you ready for those yes 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 yeah, yeah. sure all right cool Stefan, what's uh, one activity you enjoy outside of work that you say gets you into flow state? Uh, it's probably um, sports um, and 
then we are talking uh, mainly mountain biking, kite surfing, snowboarding, uh, these kind of things, probably all of the three. Love it. All the outdoor activities. Yeah. What's uh, one piece of advice you wish you had known? And if you could go back, you would tell your, say, 30-year-old self or 25-year-old self. Yeah, perhaps um, maybe it's not so conventional that they say often like uh, you have to use your network um, to, to start like your own business um, or your network is important, of course. And I say yes, um, that's sure because um, we have uh, acquired our first customers also via our personal network. So it's, it's very important um, to, um, to build um, your own network. Um, but it's not scalable um, because you, your own network is, is, is not infinite. So um, you should uh, use your own network, but in the same time, um, go outside your network um, as fast as possible. Um, so it's the first customer, of course, as in SaaS companies is really a aha moment, a moment of joy. Um, but another, um, even more important moment of joy is when first customer like for, from Australia who has found us via the website who doesn't know me, doesn't know my co-founder um, just out of the blue um, found us and, and became a customer. So outside the network um, that is important because if, if you have one customer from Australia or wherever um, yeah, that's a sign that it can be uh, uh, multiplied and, and it can be, there can be a lot of customers via that funnel. Um, so um Use what you have built in your own network um, to go outside your network as, as soon as possible. Uh, that uh, I would give as advice. Love it. Now, what are some of the biggest challenges you're currently facing in order to continue to grow and scale the Pointer Pro? Meaning, what keep you, keep what's keeping you up at night these days? Yeah, there's different um, things. Um, I think for the inbound marketing, we have. Um, there's also, or there's only so many leads um, that are like, or prospects that are looking for um, on the internet for like assessment software or the things that we uh, that we sell basically. So it's not infinite. Um, so we have to uh, switch. To, well, not switch. We have to add uh, other channels uh, to it, and to. Um, to decide on which channels um, those are and, and how to um, make them also scalable. Um, that is probably the, the biggest uh, challenge. So now we we want to um, ensure that people, yeah, they know us before they need us. So more like top of funnel marketing and, and top leadership. So that's one channel. And the second one is um, yeah, more land and expense um, to, with the existing customers. For example, if Deloitte Netherlands is a customer that you also um, will um, go for the other countries uh, or the, the Deloitte's in the other countries. And um, so th those are the main things that we are looking at now. Makes sense. Uh, who, who or what would you say are some of the best three resources? These can be books, uh, be mentors, or maybe people you follow in the space who you'd say been, has been most instrumental to your success over these last few years in, in growing or even from the beginning. Yeah, we, um, we sometimes say it um, here internally, uh, like the three most important, and it's it's in sales and marketing uh, because in, in product and other areas, probably other uh, people. But in sales and marketing, it's um, yeah, for sales, it's everything from winning by design and, and Chaco, 
Um, so winning by design. Um, if you can, I mean, you can look up uh, the website and there's a lot of free yeah. tools, also some, uh, some paid ones like books and so on. Um, so that's really sales and, and specifically sales also for technology or software companies. Um, then if you have marketing, then it's, I think, Chris Walker from Refine Labs, um, okay. who has, um, also this, yeah, more mindset of, uh, doing more, um, top of funnel, uh, like all, not always the things that are, can easily be measured, um, but that are, still effective in, in marketing. Um, so Chris Walker of Refine Labs. And then in between the two, I think it's um, like uh, a positioning expert, uh, like April Dunford. Uh, she also has a new book uh, recently about, uh, she had already a book about positioning. Now she has a book about sales pitch. Um, and she has also a podcast, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, listeners should... Uh, Certainly check out uh, her also. If you combine the advice of those three people, I think in SaaS, that's a very good beginning. <laughs> Completely agree. Yeah. Fantastic people to follow. Yeah, I know Jacko as well from Winning by Design and I've heard of him yeah. too as well. Yeah. Awesome. What does, uh, Stefan, what does success mean to you today? Whether that's, you know, personally, business, financial, life, there's no right answer. Yeah, for business, I think, um, I mean, yeah, business and personal is kind of interlinked uh, because the one influences the other. Like for business, I think it's um, yeah, a combination, I think, of um, being able to um, to demonstrate that, that we can develop a company here in Belgium or in Europe um, that sells to, like, customers globally because we see that like i mean first software becomes more important in the world like in the business world and in the personal life also and secondly most of the software is developed in the us these are two important trends um that i think then as as european we have to um yeah i mean not nothing bad with the us uh, at all and yeah um, we can take uh, them as an example for many things um, but uh, certainly we uh, are able to do this in, in Europe also. Why not? So, um, 50% is, um, uh, of our customers is in the US. So as a European company, we can do, um, also the other way around. We can, uh, yeah, create a company here and then sell it to US and other customers. Um, and I want to demonstrate that and also inspire others to do it. And hopefully if others look at me and point of call and they see, okay, they can do it. And they will maybe be inspired if they can do it. Maybe we can also do it. And there will be more companies like us um, in the future. And I think that fundamentally will contribute to our, um, I think, to 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 um, to our prosperity here in, uh, in in Belgium and also in Europe, because those companies are, I mean, innovative. Um, they bring work um, to um, jobs to, to people. Um, yeah, for the long-term well-being of, of the people and, and um, the economy, uh, that's uh, that's a good thing. Love it. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. You know, especially you know, if so anyone here listening in who's who's in Belgium looking to you know, aspire, you know, to be an entrepreneur, or you are an existing you know entrepreneur, um, you know, you can learn a lot from Stefan. He's done great things and and has expanded across the world, selling to to clients all over. So that's fantastic. And you can uh, Stephane, always, where, always reach out reach out to me to um. To, to ask for advice or whatever to yeah, change experience. Thank you. 
Thank you. So we'll end that. Where's the best place to get in touch with you, founders, or you know, anyone listening in, get in touch with you, learn more about you or, or your company? Yeah, I'm most active on, on LinkedIn, not so much on the other social media networks, um, but on LinkedIn, I'm pretty active. So you can just uh, get in touch with me. Um, as I said, I would be happy to, um, yeah, to do an online call, even if you want to have a coffee here in Antwerp. <laughs> That's also okay. Um, to, um, to check out. Um, and then, um, yeah, for the products, um, Pointer Pro, um, that's on the website, pointerpro.com. And you find, uh, of course, information about the product, but also like other things like, um, yeah, the, the transformation of your consultancy from, yeah, traditional consultancy to the digital consultants, um, which is not only about tools, but as I said, is also about changing your mindsets, changing your model from time material to fixed price and these kind of things. Uh, everything is explained um, in the in the various resources on the website. Awesome. We'll add those links to our show notes, including the LinkedIn uh, the website. Make sure you guys say hi. Check out Stefan. If you guys are in the Belgium area or Antwerp area, make sure to reach out and grab coffee as well. So thank you. Thank you so much, Stefan. Really appreciate you joining today. Thank you very much, Akil, for having me. It was a pleasure. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you all for watching this episode and joining SAS District today. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the bell for future episodes where we interview top leaders in the SaaS industry. If you're a SaaS company looking to grow and unlock the true value of your business, get in touch with us at Horizon Capital and myself or one of our consultants will provide a free assessment to help you get there and hit your goals. If you have any feedback or suggestions for this podcast, please comment down below and help us improve our content for you all. Thanks again and see you on the next one.